right, Sulis, welcome to episode seven of Sue Light. Uh, this is a special episode, uh, kind of out of schedule a little bit, but we thought we'd throw out a little football preview. We talked to Tom Miller, the beat writer for the UND football team. Uh, so he kind of uh, laid out a preview for what to expect for this upcoming football season. And uh, we're just kind of going to talk about what we saw last weekend at the Ralph. Connor and I were able to make it to both nights. Tyler, you went Saturday nights against Denver. So on Friday night, UND won 3-0. Uh, Adam Shield kind of got taken uh, down towards the end of the game. He ended the game on one leg after completing a shutout. And then they won 5-2 on Saturday night. Connor, kind of tell us what your impressions were over the weekend. I thought that we still kind of got in a little bit of penalty trouble, which is something we're going to have to deal with, especially come tourney time. Um, but on top of that, I thought that the grit, at least on Saturday, was completely awesome. You know, Gaber's just an absolute nail gun. There's a video on our on our Twitter page of him going to the box and student section was just rowdy. He's taking down guys everywhere. So I think that our physicality was up there. We played well. And then uh, Jasper Weatherby, too, he had one hell of a weekend. Man, he was just a magnet finding the back of the net. So, But overall, really good weekend of hockey, especially when you beat Denver at home. Never going to be anything bad to say about that. Yeah, Jasper Weatherby has scored in like four consecutive games. He won NCHC four of the week. So that's nice to see. He's starting to pick it up. He's, uh, you know, starting to become a noticeable player for them after I think we've called him out in earlier podcasts for having to step it up, you know, being a big net front presence guy. So he's very important to see him picking it up. And then we saw, you know, hopefully a friend of the program, Peter Tome came in and stepped it up on Saturday and played rather admirably. Uh, he had some goal support. Tyler, you were at the Saturday game. What did you think about that? Uh, I loved what I saw on Saturday again. I was wondering how they were going to come out because Denver is always a good team. I was wondering how they were going to come out with Shield being down, obviously, Tommy coming in. I love Tommy. I was so happy he got that win, and that game was close late. You know, it was a 3-2 game until late. Um, so I was really happy that, you know, Tommy got that win. And, again, um, you can sing his praises all you want, but they're all, they're all well-deserved. Is Jake Sanderson is that fucking dude, man. He's so good defensively, which is, you know, to be expected from a division one defenseman, hockey defenseman, whatever. Top five he, the way he NHL skates. Pick. Yeah. But th- what makes him that top five overall pick Fuchs is the way he skates and the way he handles a puck. And he's got a shot that, I mean, is, is different and he is a Kalmakar tight. You know, I don't think we saw, we're thinking that coming in, but he is such an offensive defenseman where his ceiling is Kalmakar. His ceiling is Hobie Baker. His ceiling is whatever he wants it to be right now. And we can kind of touch on this next upcoming uh, series against Omaha. He is going to have to have one hell of a series all the boys are Omaha's a good team. Uh, but yeah, Jake Sanderson, on top of Weatherby, obviously a two-goal performance on, on Saturday night. But, yeah, that's what I got. And I'll be the first one to admit, too. I mean, you look at, uh, like, Jake Sanderson coming in. He was the number five overall pick to the Ottawa Senators. And then you kind of look at, like, at a stat sheet, and you see that he, he's got quite a few apples, but I think he's only got one goal so far at UND. And you kind of question that a little bit. And then you go to the Ralph, and you watch the guy play live, and you're just like, Oh my God, your jaw just drops to the floor. Like Tyler said, he's the smoothest skater. He like, there'll be a puck behind the net. He'll go back to retrieve it. And you can just almost bet on the fact that he's going to take that coast to coast. 
Yeah, and uh, I've, I've been very impressed with Sanderson. His skating is NHL quality. There's no doubt about that. I'm also very impressed with uh, his his fellow uh, Senators draft pick teammate, Tyler Clevin. He's kind of the enforcer on this team. There was this picture taken by Russ Hans where he kind of had a guy in a full Nelson. That was pretty funny, and it was necessary. I mean, Denver was taking some dirty runs, and uh, to see a guy like him, a freshman, kind of take take on that enforcer role, very interesting to see, but uh, let's move on to, yeah, this upcoming weekend, UND, if they win both games in regulation, they will clinch the NCHC regular season trophy. Very excited about that. Uh, Tyler Omaha, they're a tough team to play. We're going to play them for the final four games of the regular season to close out the regular season. Do you think we have a shot? And are you going to watch UND clinch that uh, regular season conference championship two years in a row in the Ralph? I've I so this is what I think going into this series. So we play them um, this weekend and then next weekend, and we um, would really like to win it this weekend at home. Just a regular uh, regulation time sweep, right? And that way, next weekend we don't really have to worry. Um, it's not going to be that hard fought of a series. Obviously, Omaha's going to want to win games, but we don't have to. We already got the Penrose or the, you know, we won the regular season, so. Um, Omaha is going to fight tooth and nail for every inch of ice as they always do. Giant Iconic is going to want to come into the Ralph and light it up. You can tell he really wants to win these games. He saw the goal he scored on Saturday, um, that Saturday night game when Omaha beat the boys down in Omaha. So, um, the big thing is staying out of the box. We saw how good Omaha's power play was on Saturday when they lost three for five. You can't win games when the other team's power plays three, three for five. I really look forward. I fucking love saying his name, but Louis Jamernick to make a difference this weekend. Um, he is that meat and potatoes player that plays up and down the lineup, sandpaper finish kind of guy, gets in the corners, wins battles, and also is super skilled. Like he doesn't, you see it when the puck's on his stick, he's in the high slot. He doesn't panic with the puck. He moves it around and, and our power play needs to take advantage. Um, I'm just looking at stats from last Saturday, one for five, 20%, not bad. When we get opportunities on the power play at home, bury them. Let's come home with the Penrose. I want to see it again. Um, I saw it last year, the Shane Pinto overtime goal, almost got a fight with some Western Michigan fan. Um, story for another day, but uh, yeah, it'd be super cool to see two cups in uh, two years. Yeah, before I throw in my two cents, that Western Michigan fan that you almost got in a fight with is my amateur baseball <laughs> coach. He's the coach for my amateur baseball team in Valley City. So uh, he needs to learn how to drink. He spilled beer all over everybody. He needs to, needs to learn how to drink. It, yeah, we'll we'll move on. We'll move on. So UND was helped out in their Penrose Cup chase. Uh, Connor, I'm going to let you do a little self bragging here. Western Michigan swept Duluth last weekend. That really helped uh, UND widen the gap. So now it's basically between them and Omaha. Connor, go ahead and brag because we were calling you stupid all year for uh, you saying that you think Western's a sneaky good team. Sulis, I told you. Episode one, we gave our predictions for the NCHC pod. I said Western is not going to be a team to be overlooked. And what did they do last weekend? They go and they sweep the UMD Bulldogs. And it wasn't that they just swept the Bulldogs. They laid it down and absolutely shoved it up. Sandpaper finish. Mm-hmm. So... I 100% am going to take credit for that. Um, I called it. 
I want both of you to eat your words for calling me an idiot, not only on a podcast, but also well, in well, our apartment. Well, they're, they're still fourth in the, they're still what, fifth in the division or conference right now. It's not like they're going to be competing for any sort of national title right now or anything. No, but they're not a joke and they're not yep. a team to be overlooked. And to be completely honest, after what they just did to Duluth, as a UND fan, we talked on a prior episode about who we don't want to play. I really don't want to play Western Michigan, to be honest. Right. They're playing with heart, especially with their like first game of the year. Their their goalie went down. Was it Bossy, Sam? Brandon Bushy. Bushy, Bushy. Yeah, Brandon Bushy went down, and uh, that Austin Kane's been playing in for him, and he struggled right away, and now the guy's a stud. So, yeah, I called it, and I'll take full credit for that sweep against Duluth. Yeah, it's, they're definitely one of those teams that, uh, you know, at the beginning of the year, everybody was chomping at the bit to play against them. It seemed like their goalies weren't able to stop a beach ball. But now, like you said, Connor, they're uh, definitely a team you don't want to run into. Uh, you do not want to play. And uh, so, uh, yeah, with that being said, let's move on to UND has three guys that you guys can vote for, for the Hobie Baker fan vote. We have Shane Pinto who is uh, third in the country currently for points. Jordan Kawaguchi, not too far behind him, and Matt Kierstead are all up for fan vote. So me and Tyler were uh, voting earlier today. I'm going to lobby my support behind Shane Pinto because I think he's the most deserving. I want to see him get in that top 10, ultimately become a finalist. Uh, Tyler, you agreed with me, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, it's Pinto all the way. But I do want to say something about, um, I think a lot of fans, maybe not, uh, but I do think a lot of fans are surprised to see Matt Kierstead make the top 10 or not the top 10, but make a finalist and be able to, uh, for the fans to vote. And I think that he is so well-deserving. He's a hardworking senior. He came in as a freshman and he was rough around the edges and he's really kind of bought into this program and you see it now. I mean, he's what he's wore the A last year. He's wearing the A this year. He, he's, he deserves every bit of credit he's getting. He's probably one of the best defensemen in the NCHC this year top four at least. Um, so that's another thing I want to touch on. Obviously Gooch um, is just a special player, but I think that he's kind of had a little bit of a down year. He's got 23 points right now. Um, but Pinto with 14 goals and 26 points, it's tough to say that anybody else deserves it besides him. Yeah. So uh, I think we're going to lobby our support behind Pinto. Uh, maybe vote a different guy each day. Maybe go Pinto, Kawaguchi, Kierstead. Let's get all those guys in the top 10. Really have some Sioux representation in the top 10 for the Hobie candidates. But it's interesting. You know, I was looking around the country and uh, another guy who stands out to me who I'd like to see have a case is uh, Minnesota State Mankato's goaltender, Dryden McKay. He's kind of been a brick wall, right? I think out of like the 12 games, these are just stats I'm pulling out of my head. So it's not exactly correct, but it's roughly accurate. Uh, out of the 12 games he's played, he's had like eight shutouts or something like that. So given the competition he's playing in the WCHA isn't uh, NCHC quality, he's the type of guy I'd like to lobby some votes for as well, Suli. So if you've exhausted all your other uh, Sioux hockey player votes, maybe uh, think about giving him a vote. Connor, what do you think about uh, <laughs> the Hobie candidates and which Sioux player would you like to see uh, get the most fan support? Yeah, I mean the Hobie Baker. It's the it's the best award in uh, in college hockey, obviously, and in I think in just college in general because the Hobie Baker generally goes on to just have a stud career in, in the NHL. But uh, I'm I'm with you guys. I would go with Pinto. I think Pinto's the most deserving, at least on the team this year. Obviously, Kawaguchi has a case to be made, as well as Matt Kier said, and they're all just stud players. But I also look at it as it's 
tremendously good problem to have that fans have to choose which one of their players they want to win the Hobie because we just have three that totally could. But I was just looking at the uh, the fan vote currently. And number one is a forward from, I think it's Army, West Point, which they must just be doing uh, some marketing. Voting campaign. around the barracks. Yeah, yeah they've got to have the whole school for voting for him on that. And then two is Cole Caulfield, three is Shane Pinto. So... Um, and obviously the fan vote is, doesn't decide who wins the, the Hobie Baker, but it does decide the top 10. So if we could get all three of those guys in the top 10, that not only is a great thing for them, but it's a great look for uh, North Dakota and the program that Bradbury has been able to put together. Yeah, very interesting. We're all going to be rooting for them. Uh, we're throwing our support behind them right now. Obviously, all the Suleys should do the same. Uh, UND Hockey's Twitter account posted the link to go vote. I'm sure it's not that tough to find. Maybe just do a Google search of Hobie Baker fan vote. And uh, yeah, go throw your support. I think you're limited to one vote per day. So maybe, uh, as I said earlier, go Pinto, Kawaguchi, Kirstead. Make them all then, count. Yeah, keep that rotation going. So we're very excited. As I mentioned earlier, we're going to be back in the Ralph this weekend. And right now, before we leave, I kind of just want to touch on the fan experience that we've been experiencing thus far in the Ralph. So it's 3000 fans, roughly 25% of the building is uh, being used up for these games, but the atmosphere, especially last weekend against Denver, it felt like there were more than 3000 fans there. Uh, You could really feel the rivalry in the building. Uh, Tyler, kind of tell me how has this experience been different from obviously, you know, us going to school here the last three years, we're used to a 90 to hundred percent full Ralph Engelstead. Tell me, uh, some of the benefits and what you miss about, uh, you know, a full building. Yeah. The, the Ralph was buzzing last weekend, like you said, and it has been since they've allowed fans. And, and I think uh, the student section, um, they're allowing a lot more capacity in the student section. If you can Like if you walk around the other side and take a look at the student section, it's packed compared to the other side of the building, um, which who knows what's going on there. Also allowing booze in the student section is huge. That is something that should stay. And I hope will stay because that's awesome. Responsibly, of course. And I don't don't think, uh, let me interrupt you here. I don't think students are drinking enough in the student section because all, (laughs) all three of us tried getting last weekend when they were playing Denver. Uh, As we all know, Denver's goalie's name is Magnus Corona. All three of us tried starting the Corona, Corona. We tried starting that chance and nobody joined in. So yeah, if you're a student listening to this podcast, I'm calling you out right now. Uh, You need to hold yourself to a one drink a period minimum. And, uh, you know, just join the boys when we start those chants. Uh, continue, Tyler. I couldn't agree more. The, I mean, the student section is rowdy. It needs to be rowdier for having booze there. I think that's the point they did that is to help it get rowdy. But um, what was I going to say? I do like um, – I'll start with the pros here. I do like being able to walk into the Ralph and you're not just smothered with people, right? You're not smothered with people coming out. It's nice to, you know, have some seating around you. You don't have to bother a bunch of people if you had to go take a piss or you got to go get another beer. Um, you can park like 10 steps from the front door of the Ralph. If you are the DD, <laughs> of course, we're not going to shame DDs, but you, you can park right next to the Ralph. Um, we endorse we endorse the use of designated drivers. Of course. And, uh, and we're going to thank Connor for last weekend being that. And I think, Tyler, we're going to have to have a little uh, – you might have to step up to the plate this Friday, and then maybe I'll step up to the plate Saturday. It's a team effort. We, uh, we team effort. Designated drivers, Responsibly. Yeah. 
Always yeah, drink right. responsibly. Always drink responsibly. We're not going to endorse any unresponsible drinking, of course, just rowdy drinking. Um, <laughs> uh, the I do miss the packed building, the electricity. You can charge your phone in that building most times because it's so electric in there. And I do miss that. I look at pictures, like other pictures that were taken from a couple years ago, and just seeing this mass of people in that building kind of gives you goosebumps if you look at old pictures but if you go into the Ralph now and you go watch a game you buy a ticket whether it's you know a GA ticket or a student ticket it feels the same it's the same level of hockey and it's the same experience um yeah that's that's my thought all right boys let's close this out before we send it to our football preview with Tom Miller I think this will be fun we're gonna do it on the spot it's kind of a Sioux Light throwback Let's do a gold medal draft, a snake draft. Let's do our favorite chance in the Ralph. So let's go me, Tyler, Connor, and then Connor, Tyler, me, you know, a snake draft. We're each going to have three picks. Uh, I'm going to start my favorite chance. You know, I think everybody knows it is the Sue. Yeah. 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 Sue Sue mm. chant. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, it's a tradition that whenever I hear it, I get chills. And uh, any everybody who is a fan of Sioux hockey knows exactly what to say when they hear Sioux. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tyler, go ahead with your pick. Yeah, I don't know um, if this counts as a chant. This is definitely on the spot. But my, I love it when uh, national anthem's playing, and it's you know, and the home of the Sioux, and you know, the whole building yells it. Every raise their fist. I love that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with. Um... I guess I don't know if you count this as a champ, but I love the in heaven, there is no beer. That's mm. classic. Mm. And I think anybody who went to school here, like probably knows that by heart, just uh, could do that. And then I got to come up with another one, huh? I'm going to have to go with, um, I'm going to go with the Sioux forever chant. It always yeah. shows up like once a period and it's real minor, but uh, definitely the Sioux forever. That's a good one. That's a good one. So uh, back to you, Tyler. Um, Sam, I think I'm going to steal yours. Um, but my favorite is the Husky women chant. When, when we're playing, we got St. Cloud in the building. The Husky women chant is all time. Can't beat it. You, you can't beat it. You always get some turns. Uh, it is insensitive towards women. I get that, but it's a <laughs> chant that we only chance against St. Cloud state, the Husky women. So, you know, it is what it is. So now I have two picks to close out my gold medals. Um, I'm going to go with the classic. Let's go Sue. It's mm. just, it's just too easy, right? Just, you got the claps, let's go, Sue. let's go, Sue. And you know, you can hear it build throughout the arena. Or you they're actually, putting let's go Hawks on the board and it's still let's go, Sue. It, exactly. Right. So that's, that's one that's classic and the hear it build throughout the arena really gets me bricked up. Uh, the final one, I'm just going to go with, uh, you know, when they announce the opposing team, when they announce the players, the who's he, he sucks shit. That's going to close out my draft. It's a good draft. That's. A I got draft. one more uh, honorable mention. Wait, I think you got one more after me. Let's not go. Oh, yep. oh good. Okay. When we're Tyler. playing, when we are playing, um, this goes back to my days as a Badger fan too. We used to chart shout this in the Cole Center too. Any Minnesota school that was not the Gophers, he's he'll go for reject, all time. Yeah, that's a good one. The Gopher rejects. And then uh, my my last one, I'm going to I'm going to count this as an honorable mention because I don't think that it gets anybody real fired up, but it's definitely something that I feel like only happens in the Ralph. 
is when uh, Darren Looker announces one minute left in the period. And for periods mm. one and two, everybody goes, thank you. And then it's silent. And then for the third period, everybody goes, thank you. And Darren Looker hits him with a, you're welcome. Yeah, Darren Looker, he's, his voice really just, um, I love it. You know, he has a voice built for the Ralph. Uh, I don't think he has the capability. I'm speaking, I might be speaking on a turn. He's not a play-by-play guy. He just, uh, they hand him what to say. He reads it. He's the best at the country in doing it. That was a good list, boys. It was kind of on the spot. I really kind of just thought of it a minute before we did the segment. Uh, I'd say I won the draft. I can't believe Let's Go Sue made it all the way back to me, but uh, is what it is. But I like uh, the creative chance. I, I'm a big fan of like the creative, you know, chance the husky women the go for reject the ones that really cut deep a little bit you know i think the bowing down to the goalies too to the to the und goalie that's all time too just anytime he makes a sick save just bowing down. yeah yeah all hail shield all hail tommy yeah you can't beat that another thing touching on yours tyler the go for rejects that may have developed it probably never will into a bulldog bulldog reject right they're kind of the best college hockey program in minnesota right now having or mankato yeah, or Matt Cato. I mean, they haven't won an NCAA tournament game in uh, my lifetime, but ever, w- ever. Yeah, shout out Willie Meyer. But uh, <laughs> that, that, that was a that was a fun list to make, and uh, we, we're gonna have to think of other things to uh, shoot us some uh, tweet at us and tell us uh, what other gold medals you'd like us to give out. Uh, but with that being said, we're also very excited for football to be coming back to the mm. Alara Center. We're uh, two days away from that. And uh, instead of us talking about it, uh, let's throw it over to Tom Miller, where he gives us a very good analysis of what to expect from the football team this spring. All right, Sulis, we are sitting here on Ash Wednesday, just a couple of days away from UND football season opener. That's right. You heard that right. It is, uh, we're going to have a season opener in February and we welcome with us the beat writer for the football team and uh, among other UND sports, uh, Tom Miller, welcome to the program. Yeah. Thanks for having me guys. Let's go. So we're really excited. Um, uh, my, my first question kind of has to be before we dive into the team itself, how different has the preparation for this season been thus far being that it's in the spring and uh, we've never seen anything like this before. Yeah, you know, um, it just kind of swapped from, uh, you know, usually you have you have fall camp leading up to a season and then you have spring ball. And now it was like fall camp was spring ball and spring ball is fall camp. And so um, I guess it's just weird kind of, you know, I'm used to going out to Memorial Stadium in August and it's 80 degrees and you're watching practice and like kids are coming to campus for the first time and, and they're jacked about going to football games and like it's kind of a build up to that, like school starts, football starts, and that kind of all just coming together every year. And this year, it's just not like that, I guess. I don't know. It's kind of weird. How has uh, the team like kind of acclimated to this, this weird schedule? Like you said, that we, this weird training schedule where football is such a regimented, you know, you have spring ball, fall ball, and then there's spring ball, summer ball, then you're into the season, right? And now everything kind of flipped on its head. Have, has the boys kind of acclimated good to that so far? Yeah, I think so. You know, like I said, they're just so used to like practice all the time, going to strength and conditioning. So I think, you know, if anything threw them off, it was probably, you know, like hard quarantine time where they can't go with the strength and conditioning folks and they got to, they got to figure something out at home and, and set up some sort of business in their, in their parents' basement or whatever, because they can't go to a 
I mean, you know, I think that was the time that really threw most guys off because, yeah, I, I don't, don't think uh, I don't think anything other than that's been too tough. All right, so let's uh, let's dive into the team a little bit here. Just this last week, they announced that Tommy Schuster will be the starting quarterback. Uh, I know that you've been at some practices. I just want to know what stands out to him about him to you, and uh, how do you think he's going to look at uh, running this offense? Yeah, Tommy. Uh, you know, I think his strength is just being being accurate and being on time, uh, making the right decisions. You know, he's, it's going to be interesting. Tommy Schuster is five foot 11, 195 pounds. And his backup quarterback, Quincy Vaughn is six foot four, 240 pounds. So you have, you have very opposite talents. Um, when you're talking about those two, Tommy's a redshirt freshman who's played in three quarters of football. And that's a lot more experience than Quincy Vaughn, who uh, is a true freshman and hasn't played yet. Uh, How in a role so he's been in practice but uh how often are we going to see uh brock boltman under center uh running that wildcat formation yeah i think it's I, th- I think it's to be determined you know just like i think he'll get i think he'll get let's say he gets three snaps you know set a game and if it's working maybe that maybe that goes to nine snaps if if those three snaps aren't so hot maybe it is only three snaps so um, I think they'll just go with the hot hand and if it's working, it's working. Um, yeah. Like the quarterback position is they drive, it drives the whole offense and this, uh, this conference change going to the Missouri Valley. I read your article in the Grand Forks Herald. I just want to get a rebuttal. Like, do you really think this offense is going to stay the same as it was last year? Do you think that they're going to have to make some schematic changes? Have you seen that in camp? Yeah. You know, that's a good question. Um, it, it, it has changed schematically. Um, so it's, it's, it's kind of hard to say because because Danny Freund said from the jump that like when I take over this offense, I'm going to I'm going to make it about the personnel and in year to year. If if we got the guys that are running back, we're going to run the football. If we got the guys that wide receiver, we're going to throw the football. So like he, he kind of made sure that he didn't like pigeonhole himself as we're a high flying passing attack or we're a ground and pound running attack. Um, so they, they have seemingly changed a little bit. But but I think some of that is more about the personnel they have and not about who they're going to play. Yeah, you mentioned that, like kind of how they're going to switch between, you know, the ground and pound game and the, the, you know, sling the rock all over the field kind of. Who do you see stepping out as that number two receiver this year? You know, you have Mog coming in. He's obviously the number one. He's going to get a lot of attention from defenses. Who do you see stepping up as that number two guy? Because they're going to need somebody to, to help him out. Yeah. And that was going to be really big because, like you said, you know, they lose Toivon and they lose uh, they lose Wanzik, who who are like four year starters on the outside, and 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 Mog's the obvious dude to step in, and and um, it can be a big time kid. Like he's six foot five, you know, he's he's Wanzik, but even stronger. But but to go along with him is Jake Richter, uh, a, a kid out of Minnesota State, Moorhead, a graduate transfer who has proven that he can get it done in D two and. Um, Honestly, he's looked um, incredible at, at, at spring practices. I, I think I think he's going to have a really good year, and, and there's no there's no reason he can't put up numbers just like Garrett Mogg. Um, so I, I see him being that number two guy. All right, so this is kind of a multifaceted question here. We talked about the air attack and who uh, who Tommy Schuster is going to be throwing the ball to. Um, 
So I want to know who's kind of going to be the bell cow of this running back uh, crew. And, uh, you know, they have, they're kind of running behind a veteran O-line. You know, I've been reading a lot of stuff that say that should be the strength of this team. You know, it's a very experienced offensive line. But who do you see getting the bulk of the carries and who will kind of be the guy who's catching the ball out of the backfield? Yeah, I don't I don't think they're going to have a, a guy get 25 carries. You know, I think they lose James Johannesson, who was kind of their their go to guy last year. And we didn't really get a look at who who's going to be the guy this year, uh, a year ago, um, because Luke Skokina was hurt for much of the year, uh, a really talented true freshman out of the out of Illinois. And um, maybe we only got to see him for three or four games, but he's he's really talented. Uh, he can um, he can really scoot. And, and then Otis Weah, uh, a kid out of Moorhead, was academically ineligible last year. Um, he's eligible. And I think the combination of those two guys, maybe mix in a little Dalton G., I think uh, I think they could have, you know, a really good year at running back. You know, the O-line depth has kind of always been an issue. Have you seen Bubba make an attempt to kind of build the depth up there? And do you think that uh, we have enough guys that if there are a few injuries, we have people to step up and uh, kind of not have a lot of change up there? I think they're getting closer. Now, I don't know if I don't know if 20, the spring of 2021 is going to do that. But, I, you know, I, I, I see signs that the fall of 2021 or, or even the fall of 2022 you're starting to finally get into a good place. You know, they, they missed on some offensive line prospects. The Elijah Grady kid out of Newtown um, didn't complete his career after being a starter as a true freshman. So, you know, they had an offensive line coach changeover here two years ago. So yeah, they've, they've had a lot of, of changes on the offensive line. I, I do like their five. I, I like, uh, I like a couple guys that they can, they can get in there. They got, you know, a backup, guard uh, Xavier Trevino was a transfer from Nebraska so that was a nice addition but you know their their future at, at offensive line is our true freshman and you're just not gonna you're not gonna ask those guys really you know at least a couple months into the season maybe you can start uh, working them into some reps but uh, yeah that's the concern is that after the first five you don't know where you're going yeah, and a key to a good offensive line, like you said, is staying healthy and also experience. And we have the experience. Hopefully, everybody everybody can stay healthy. And with a good offensive line, you can win games you weren't supposed to win. Um, the extension of the offensive line is a tight end. And my guy, Derek Paulson, um, from my hometown, Lone, Wisconsin. I, I'm wondering what you see from him as, as a redshirt senior going into his last year. Yeah, I mean, that kid was a walk-on. You know, he might have even been a school start walk-on. He just uh, – he was a long shot uh, f- four or five years ago and, and credit to him and in his hard work because he's, he's put himself in a position to be a starter this year. And, you know, I, I think uh, what remains to be seen is, is I think people know what to expect out of him as a run blocker. And, and he's been a, uh, he's been a very good run blocker. Now uh, will, will Danny Freund who likes to maybe use his tight ends in the passing game more than the previous offensive coordinator. We're starting to see a practice, at least Derek Paulson get more involved in the passing game. Um, there's some other options too there at tight end in the passing game, but, but uh, Derek Paulson has really become a, a pretty complete tight end um, in, uh, in the last year. Yeah. I, I, I like it. It's good to hear. I like our tight end group a lot. And uh, so let's, uh, I think we've talked enough about the offense. Let's switch this over to the defense. Uh, my question for you, I kind of have an idea of what I think the strength of defense is. I think it's going to be uh, kind of a change since I've been going to school here. I think they're secondary. I see a lot of depth there. Evan Holm is a red shirt senior. He's shown flashes of being an all conference type player. Uh, what do you think Tom about what the strength is of this defense? Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's in the secondary. 
you know, uh, you return, you know, starters in Jordan Kennedy and Hayden Galvin at safety. And then at, at the two corner spots, CJ Siegel and Evan Holm are, are as good of a two starting corners as UND's had in, in quite a few years. And so, you know, Evan Holm's been hurt the last couple of years off and on. And when he plays, he's really high end. And, and CJ Siegel, you know, if there's, if there's a three or four, if, if you ask me who three or four like NFL prospects would be on this team, like CJ Siegel's in that conversation. So Evan Holmes, CJ Siegel, um, and he returned starters in Kennedy and Galvin at safety. And I think a young guy to watch, Caden Coppinen, will uh, will push for playing time at safety, even though those guys are starters returning. Okay, I want to ask you about outside linebacker Ray Haas. Um, he came in and he was highly touted. Right, you know, he's 6'5", 230, comes from Colorado, and he had to miss his uh, sophomore year, I believe, and, and kind of got the, back in the swing of things last year. What, what? I mean, we expect big things from this kid, right? Yeah, you like you said, he's 6'5", he's two forty, and he can he can run a little bit. So, um, in, in the three four defense, a lot of times you're asking that outside backer to sometimes, you know, feel like a defensive end sometimes, and and that's perfect to Ray Haas. I expect him to bat a lot of balls. But uh, at the same time, like you said, you know, he missed an entire year. And so there's a lot of there's a lot of game reps. I just haven't seen enough of him to, like, truly know what what he is. But uh, in terms of frame and potential, a high end kid. Yeah, guy, I'm curious about I got a few linebackers I'm going to ask you about and then we'll move on to the D line. First of all, a St. Cloud State transfer after their program got cut. Uh, Help me with the pronunciation here. Devin Krasnowski. Did I pronounce that right? Man, I just got to know how to spell it so far. It's the first time anybody's asked me to pronounce that thing. Uh, I'm going to go with Charnowski. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go with Devin Charnowski. Uh, he, he even looks a little bit like Donnell Rogers. So, you know, the, that, that's who they're trying to replace inside. Leading tackler, All-American, Donnell Rogers. Charnowski's come in, and, uh, the, you know, the nice thing about him is, is he's, like, he's, got the, he's got the frame for it. Um, he, he's had the reps. He's got the experience at St. Cloud. He's coming in, and, and you know, I don't, I don't know how much they'll miss a beat there at, at inside backer. I think, uh, I think that's a really good place to start with Charnowski and Noah Larson, who's, who's really experienced. And, you know, coming in behind those guys, even you got Hayden Reynolds from West Fargo, who's a, who's a perfect walk on candidate to get an in state kid to uh, become in your two deep like that. Um, and, and Caden White is super solid too. So, um, you know, I, I think they're, they're feeling good about where they're at at inside backer. Okay, so Tyler asked about a, uh, a hometown kid. I'm going to ask about a local product as well. He's not on the two deep, but uh, hopefully maybe he get might get some playing time. True freshman Jack Irie out of Hope, North Dakota. Has he been standing out in camp? Yeah, you know, actually, some of those guys who come from North Dakota nine-man football, like they, they need a little bit of time. And uh, Jack Irie, though, already, you know, he looks, uh, he looks pretty well put together. I, I think they like his future. But yeah, I mean, you, those North Dakota nine man guys, uh, it's tough to uh, look the part right away. Um, even Bo Belquist has had a heck of a spring out of New Rockford, plays nine man football too. But those skill guys got it a little easier than a than a linebacker like 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 Jack Irie. Who do you see this year being kind of like the unsung hero or, or the the new household name um, on this team? Um, because they're going to need a couple of guys to step up if they're going to want to compete in this conference. But I think that they have the right pieces in place. You know, they've got an offensive line that's solid. They've got a defensive secondary that's solid. Who's going to be that guy who steps up? Yeah, it's a good question. 
It's hard. You know, maybe on offense, I would say, depending on what, what people know about them, you know, Jake Richter, the, the division two transfer from Minnesota state Moorhead, he, he's going to be a big body that gets a lot of 50, 50 balls. He looks a lot like Toivonen and Wanzik. He's in that mold. And every interview I've given in like the last year, I've been, I've been saying how good Otis way can be. Um, so I'm just going to stick with that and keep saying, uh, I think Otis way can be really good. So if, if that ends up uh, coming to fruition here, I'm going to uh, uh, tell everybody I told you so. Yeah, and uh, as everybody knows, all UND football fans are aware, uh, we're moving conferences this year. We're going to the Missouri Valley. Everybody is well aware of the program that North Dakota State has built. We don't want to waste our time talking about them because, you know what, we really don't want to, we really don't care. We kind of want to replace them in that front. But what other teams in the Missouri Valley have you heard that are going to be making a run for a conference title or at least challenging and having close games with North Dakota State? Yeah, you know, uh, that's... That's what that's what we'll have to see. You know, North Dakota State does does lose a ton. You know, they they, they reload every year, but they do lose a ton. But you got to look at some of the usual suspects: uh, South Dakota State, um, Illinois State, Northern Iowa. I, I think the Southern Illinois opener is a good way to open for North Dakota. You know, like they're they're considered on that bubble a playoff team. They're in that t- top twenty realm, and so if you're North Dakota, you at least kind of get that uh, that measuring stick of kind of the bubble you know or are you in that top tier or or do you gotta do you gotta fight to get to that top tier so i i think uh it's gonna be really interesting on saturday and i feel like i'll know a lot more be a very fun game the alaris center is allowing in four thousand fans uh it'll be stoked um we're really excited southern illinois where are they pegged in the preseason um uh, media poll are you aware Oof, that's a good and I voted in it. <laughs> I think they were in that like five, six, seven range because I, I want to say they might have been, I don't know. I kind of felt like North Dakota, South Dakota, and Southern Illinois were interchangeable. And that's about where I think everybody kind of had them in that, uh, in that range. But I, I think nationally they've, I've seen where they 16, 20 in another poll. So, you know, they're, uh, they're thought of right on that bubble of uh, being a playoff team. A lot. Tyler, uh, let me, um, uh, I think me and Tyler are each going to have one more question here. I'm going to close it out with a non-football related question. I want to know how big Brad Schlossman's head is. Yeah. I mean, literally or figuratively? (laughs) Figuratively, 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 of course. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, uh, he's about as arrogant as they come. (laughs) Yeah. He's got a, got a hard time talking to him. Sometimes I got to go through his people to reach him, but. Yeah, I just want to get a predicted record from you, uh, UND football expert. Let's see, uh, go join new conference. What do you got for a record this year? Whew, no one's asked me what the record's going to be. Man. Hard-hitting questions here on Sulite. Yeah, really bringing the heat, man. Uh, boy, what do they have, an eight-game schedule? So they go, uh, I don't, you know, I don't know if I'm ready to quite stick my neck out and say they're going to have a great season. You know, I think right around five and three, four and four, you know, you got North Dakota state on the schedule. You got South Dakota state, you know, you, you could, you could dang near have a losing record and still put together a pretty good year. It's just, that's, that's the nature of the beast in Missouri Valley. And, you know, when, when you don't have any non-conference in the season like this, it's going to be interesting. It's going to make that one against Southern Illinois really important. Like, like we said earlier. 
All right. And then uh, I said I only had one more question, but I lied. Uh, we're in the thick. We're almost at March Madness. We know that you cover UND basketball as well. Uh, right now, I believe last I checked, they're the number five seed in the Summit League standings. They just swept the leader of the conference, uh, University of South Dakota. Uh, what do you see from them going into the tournament? They're kind of mixing up scoring. Ben Tupanoam just had two straight career games. Uh, how impressed have you been with this team? And uh, do you think they have a shot to make another title game in the Pentagon? Yeah. Uh, you know, talking to people today, just, you know, kind of that it's cliche, but kind of the wouldn't want to play that team. Um, I, I think it, incredible coaching job by Paul Sather. Like you said, Ben Tupanoam goes from not playing basically for four or five years of his college career to not, not being a role player, but being, you know, one of the best players in the league last weekend. So I, I just think uh, they're getting a bunch of production from guys who nobody expected them to get production from. And um, I think it's been a, a pretty impressive coaching job and it's just, you, you're getting hot at the right time. You know, that's the, that's the time to click. So, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I think they could make a run in Sioux Falls. That's, uh, we all hope so. Last year was kind of a surprising run for everybody. Quinton Hooker hit some big shots. Uh, I'm, I don't think that uh, right now it's looking like Bentu Panoam is going to be the type of guy who if uh, you're down one uh, with one possession left, he's probably going to get the shot. It's tough to say that Philip Rebracha also wouldn't get that shot. But uh, with that being said, we don't want to take any much more of your time tonight, Tom. Uh, you have a great night and uh, thank you for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Love talking to you football. Thank you.